Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 5, 8 O'Clock at the Oasis. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We are here for another week of Gilmore Girls with 8 O'Clock at the Oasis. Kind of a fun episode like this gives me very much like teenager growing up vibes like a summer love kind of thing even though it's fall <laughs> doesn't make sense like it it makes sense but it doesn't like falling falling into love yeah nice <laughs> nice I like it it's it feels good to be back for another week and to kind of get into this notion of we're doing this again here we go let's roll with it uh it was fun to post clips from the last week's episode and have people react to like yeah that totally is just like a normal thing to see lane running through stars hollow with bleach on her head and (laughs) you know it's just fun to connect with people again over our thoughts and ideas and I'm I'm excited to be back again for another week. So with that being said, are you watching anything new? Uh True Detectives. Okay. Season what season is this? Four. Four, okay. And I just finished Fargo, season five. I haven't watched Fargo yet. But I am watching the bear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm getting there slowly but surely. It'll, Fargo will be like a complete series probably before I like actually dive into it. I'm nervous for you to watch it a little bit. Why? It's just a little bit violent. Sure. Sure. But, but it's John Hamm, right? Yeah. So, so say it's like it's full circle to this episode. True. Mm-hmm. And he's <sighs> so good in it. He plays yeah. such a good villain. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, I just started watching The Bear. That's really my development since the last episode. And I'm almost done with season two. And I'm loving Mm -hmm. it. It's so good. It's really good. The contrast between season one and two is excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, The writing is so consistent. And it's just, it's incredible. I think a lot of people who watch Gilmore Girls would like it. Because it's so fast paced. Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like the same thing of someone trying really hard to achieve their goals and meet their, you know, dreams. It's not like light and fluffy. It's like Gilmore Girls, but like grimier. Yeah. If that makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. Like it's not it's like easy. Hard, it's like hardcore Gilmore yeah. Girls, I guess. Yeah. Less and pop culture, but totally. I mean, but they have some. stuff. They yeah. have stuff. Like definitely. Um I will say I forgot I'm watching community again. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think we cool, might cool, cool dabble into that cool cool yeah Yeah. cool cool cool. i every time you text me that i hear him abed saying that cool 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 i'm like all right perfect um yeah we might dabble back into that because i do love me some donald glover yes he is just wonderful so i love allison brie yeah a lot me too i don't i love that i don't know i love most of the cast a lot Yeah, it's a really, like, fun group of misfit characters Mm -hmm. that are intertwined really well. Yeah, I have to, like, do a heavy show, and then I need to lighten the load with, like, a softer, funnier throwaway show. Totally, yeah. I think mine is, like, 
I watch people play games on YouTube and then watch the bear. <laughs> That's like my balance, which is, you know, with a sprinkle of Gilmore Girls here and there. And it's always so, fun to watch Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> yeah. When I texted Elise that I started it, she was like, was it the Calvin Klein ad? <laughs> I was like, maybe. maybe. <laughs> what well, can I like, say? It came out, the season two came out on my birthday last summer. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So like, that's all I did for my birthday. I was so excited. I was like, the universe knows me. Did you happen to see that Scott Patterson was, he did like his live show at the iHeart studio in like Los Angeles or whatever. And he was recently interviewed giving like his predictions of where Lorelai and Luke would be today. And oh, had God. some really interesting things to say about um, where he thought they would be now. Oh, that reminds me of like an interview I saw. Like they were doing like a discussion YouTube clip or something. And yeah. like, and uh, Lauren Graham was there. And then Scott Patterson said something about how he thought they would be. Yeah. And she was like, uh, no. <laughs> Well, he said that they would have had a couple of kids by now. And I'm like, what? How? Like, no offense to Lauren Graham whatsoever, but she's a lot older in the series. Yeah. Like, how? Are they adopting children or what? Then he said that Jess would have opened a gym in Stars Hollow. Mm. And I'm like, do you remember Jess? No, he would open like a... He would take over a bookstore or something. Yeah. Or teacher writing class. Yeah. I don't know. And he said that Rory is back and she's running the Stars Hollow Gazette. And it's actually getting national audience share. Um, She said. No, she'd have a podcast. I agree. I agree. I don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, maybe she'd be on the Gazette. But I, I feel like I don't know. It says, while Luke and Lorelai don't regret having children, even in their old age, he says that Babette would have gone on a national comedy tour and become the biggest star in the world and would have been replaced as the town gossip by Suki St. James. And I'm part of me is sitting here like, did we watch the same show? Like, did you watch the show that you were on? Like, I'm just curious because... (laughs) None of that makes sense to me. What if he's listening right now? Scott Patterson, <laughs> what's up, man? Like, what are you doing? What is this? Put a flannel on. Put a baseball cap on. Like, I think he's getting... Cap it. Um, Jess's career, or Milo's career mixed up. Like, yes, he was in Rocky, but, like, he's not going to open a gym in Stars Hollow. Like, I think he... He quite literally made fun of Dean for being, like, muscular and stuff. Why would he open a gym? (laughs) Makes no sense. I don't understand. Maybe because he just couldn't stop staring at his arms. Maybe. Yeah. Like all of us. Truly. I'm just really confused. Yeah, me too. I think maybe he just, like, blacked out during the interview and was, like, word vomiting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... The Suki... Suki becoming, like, the town gossip is I think she has uh, advanced far enough in her career. Right. 
to be worried about gossiping about everybody in Stars Hollow. Right. Yeah. I feel like it'd be <laughs> Kirk. What? Right? Yeah. Like, he always knows everything about everyone. I don't know. It's something is just weird about his <laughs> response. And it really turned me off. And I was going to text you about it. But then I was like, no, I'm going to oh, ask live her. Reaction. Yeah. So I'm glad we're kind of on the same page because I'm like, no, sir. I know you were on the show like you are literally Luke Danes, but I don't think you watched the show. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm really baffled by the kid thing, too. Yeah, I mean, I know that they like wanted kids in the revival. That was kind of like the thing. But I kind of came to the conclusion at the end of the revival that it was kind of. She was done. Yeah. She was fine with not having more kids. Mm -hmm. And they'd have grandkids or a grandkid at that point. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not really (laughs) sure about that one, Scott. But okay. Yeah. So getting that out of the way, let's go into the writing and directing for this episode. The director this week is Joanne Fogel, and she's, this is her only episode that she's ever going to direct. Okay. Same as our writer this uh, week, too. But Joanne Fogel has directed episodes of Dark Angel, Party of Five, and Doogie Howser. That's what she's most known for. Oh, okay. Last week's director did Party of Five and Doogie Howser as well. When I was, like, going through, I was like, okay, interesting. (laughs) Popular television. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Back then. Right. Yep. And so our writer is Justin Tanner, also related to your, you guys. Um, Technically, (laughs) I do have a cousin-in-law named Justin Tanner. Oh, really? But it's not him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) all right so he also wrote not a lot um avenue 43 which i don't even really know what it is that is no um and my so-called life i didn't watch that oh i did was that in the 90s or early 2000s 1994 okay it's actually one of the first teenage shows i ever watched like that okay Interesting. It deserved a better. It deserved another season. It was. True. Oh, it only got one season. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like Freaks and Geeks kind of thing. Yep. Got it. It was actually really good. Huh. Claire Danes was spectacular in it. Well, she's spectacular I in know. everything. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yep. So this is a. We won't see Justin Tanner again either. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll have to see. Yeah, like what didn't work, and yeah. what did work. Yeah. Maybe their outfits aren't consistent like last time or, you know, (laughs) who knows? It could be anything. So let's get into it. We open with the girls walking through Stars Hollow, making their way to Luke's and it is packed in Luke's diner. So they're like, okay, we're going to have to sit at the counter They sit down at the counter and Luke goes into this long, fast paced monologue about this group sitting over and they take up like three tables and they sit with their kids and 
pass around the children and get up and walk around and sit down and stand up and it never ends and they're crying and drooling and he's like it's got to stop I'm being taken advantage of and I'm sick of it and Lorelai's like it's not really that big of a deal like it'll be fine they'll leave and it'll be fine and he's like no all they do is sit there and they only order two iced teas to go and then that's it and then they're gone He's talking about like how children are really annoying and he doesn't like children or babies, whatever, which is ironic considering the conversation we just had about him and Lorelai having babies. <laughs> Rory's just kind of like very entertained by this whole thing. And, and Lorelai is as well, like just staring at him like, what is the problem? Well, then one of the women decides that she's going to breastfeed her child in public and Luke absolutely loses it. And he's like, that, we don't even know where that thing's been. Like, this can't be sanitary and goes on and on and on. And then he tells Lorelai to go over there and tell the woman to stop feeding her child because they have the same parts and she wouldn't be scared of it. And Lorelai's like, I'm not doing that. And you're going to be a bachelor for a very long time. And he says like um, something about lactating. Yeah. And then Rory's like, ew. Yeah, he's like, women used to do this lactating in caves and barns and behind closed doors. Like, who made it okay for them to do that in public? A part of me wants Lorelai to be like, well, do you want the child to starve? Did you expect the baby to order a cheeseburger? Like, he's like, this is a diner. It's not a peep show. And she's like, well, just up the price of your burgers while she's doing that. And then it's like you get a little bit more money because they're getting some entertainment on top of it. (laughs) And Jess comes downstairs and sees the woman breastfeeding. And he's like, oh, geez. And he goes back upstairs. And Luke's like, "Okay, that was like kind of worth it. (laughs) Do you think this is out of character a little bit for Luke? I think it's weird to see Luke uncomfortable by it. Because he's like, you know kind of earthy yeah kind of where he's kind of like but i also think he's just not exposed to that either yeah like for lack of a better word exposed but i think for him it's like if you're gonna do that cover up with a blanket like you're in public Mm -hmm. i think he gets secondhand embarrassment from things like that that he has not been around enough breast yes (laughs) babies feeding off okay. of breasts yeah um but it's like Lorelai loves watching him squirm because mm-hmm. he is quite literally squirming and i think if she would have had like a cover-up on he would have thought nothing of it but because she just like whipped it out in public he's like what are you doing you can't yeah. whip that out here kind of thing he's just already annoyed with them and yeah this just like takes it to a new level and maybe the fact that she's like facing the outward window where like people can walk by and see this happening he's like i don't want people to see that when they yeah. look in the window <laughs> like whatever um and they don't order anything except for iced tea it's so rude yeah it's like all right you're gonna whip out your boob feed your baby which i have no issue with like please feed your baby yeah i would wear a cover-up because i am a prude not even because i'm a prude i'm just shy but i know a lot of women who just like all right my baby's gotta eat it's time whatever and that's great and you have every right to do that Mm -hmm. i don't really have an issue with it i don't know if i would 
take mine out though yeah in front of everyone no no i don't know it's like maybe that's an excuse to leave a party or leave a room and i love leaving (laughs) like (laughs) like oh i gotta feed my baby sorry everybody bye and leave (laughs) you know like i would love that Mm -hmm. so whatever but lorelei is kind of just like okay luke like just relax it's a baby a baby has to eat they're people but he said they've been doing this every morning for six months so he's already kind of on edge Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this episode i don't blame him though about like them taking three tables and not ordering anything yeah that's like high schoolers going to denny's at three in the morning and ordering water Mm -hmm. that's annoying (laughs) it is annoying and they probably don't leave a tip because they're just getting stuff to go. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm thinking back then, like nowadays, it is customary for you to tip even if you get something to go. But like back then it was like, no, I'm just getting this to go. And they're mm-hmm. like, it's a drink. Like how much effort yep. are you putting into it kind of thing. So I don't know. I feel for Luke. That is frustrating, especially <clears> if it's <throat> in the morning on a weekend, nonetheless. Yeah. Where you make a lot of your money. And this is the only time we see Luke for the rest of the episode. I know. It's kind of weird. so crabby. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but it's all right, because I'm still kind of... I have weird feelings about Scott Patterson right now. I know. So. We need a break. Yeah. <laughs> we are at the Independence Inn with Lorelai and Michelle. Lorelai gets a phone call from Emily who says her women's group is having an auction. And she thought maybe Lorelai would like to come and get some pieces for the inn. To which she says, "Mm, maybe that could work. And she's like, well, I'll be way too busy if that entices you. And she's like, please define way too busy. And she's like, I'll see you at one o'clock on Tuesday. It's funny because she does say... Worst comes to worst, you've wasted a couple of hours, but maybe you'll find something there that you really love. And do you think this is her insinuating that there will also be men there? Or do you think I'm reading into it? I don't know. Probably. Because I feel like she's always trying to set Lorelai up with someone from their part of the world. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe she sees this as a good opportunity to introduce her to some lonely bachelors mm-hmm. so i don't know but i think so i think there's yeah some innuendo there yeah upon hanging up the phone michelle finds out that she's going to an auction and begs to go to the auction he says there are two rules at an auction one you do not bid early because it makes you look too eager and that drives the price up and two you need to be very careful about your paddle placement To which Lorelai replies, well, isn't that dirty? He says, well, how's your arm raising? And she goes, I think it's pretty good. And he goes, I have impeccable arm raising. And she goes, yeah, I saw that's written on the bathroom wall. So clearly she's like, whatever, Michelle, like this is not a big deal. It's just an auction. He ends up following her and begging to go to this auction and says that if her mother is going to be there, it's going to be impeccable. And he wants to be a part of it. So she agrees on the stipulations that he works weekends. He answers the phone. 
He answers the phone in English and he takes the hiking group and they're allowed to give him a nickname. So she really like laid on Mm -hmm. the rules thick with him. And I almost would think if you bring Michelle, he'll be distracting your mom. So then you don't have to deal with your mother at all. Yeah, you have someone to hang out with. Right. Yeah. But I think that's kind of like a brother-sister thing that they got going on. Mm-hmm. Totally. Where she's just like picking on him to pick on him. Right. Because I think if he would have been like, fine, you can name one thing. She would have picked just one thing. Mm-hmm. And then, but because he left it open-ended, she ran with it. Yep. And Lorelai is going to run with it because mm-hmm. nobody wants to work weekends and answer the phone every time it rings. And take care of the nature group. Right, and receive a nature nickname. (laughs) Buttercup. Buttercup, yes. In our next scene, the girls are coming home from the pizza place. Rory goes inside to add more cheese to the pizza. Lorelai says she's going to go get the mail. And we are approached by a new character named Dwight, who I don't think ever appears again thank god yeah uh dwight is a nightmare wrapped up in a hawaiian shirt Mm -hmm. you know telling him about his house and his life and that he just moved in and she's like okay well if you ever need anything just you know let me know and he's like well actually i do have a favor to ask of you and she's like already and he's like yeah i need my my lawn watered Twice a day for 15 minutes, I have to go on a work trip and I'm just looking for someone who can do that for me. And she's like, "Uh, okay. And he's like, all right, can I show you now? And she's like, well, my daughter's waiting inside. Could we do it before you leave? And he's like, sure. She goes, what time do you have to leave? And he goes, 6 a.m. And she's like, no, sounds good. (laughs) Wanders over to his home and he kind of goes into like this weird monologue about how His marriage was horrible. He used to be taller. He used to have more hair and higher arches. And she shrunk him, basically. Yeah. And she said through his name calling. And I mean, for his ex-wife is a nightmare. Yeah. And that she's like horrible. And it's just when I hear people talk like that, I'm kind of also suspicious of Mm -hmm. what they were like as well. Yep. But I just... You know, for sake of not analyzing a one-time character, we're just going to keep moving on. So he is kind of like going into this whole thing and Lorelai is like, oh, what's that over there? And it's the spigot to turn off and on the water. He shows her how to use it. She's like, great, I'm going to go. He's literally like, right. If you turn it right, it's on. If you turn it left, it goes off. Yep. That's it. And it's like, I think she could have figured that out. Yeah. You could have well, just Well, Rory said, doesn't, but... Right. Well, <laughs> she also pulls it out of the ground. Oh, that's true. So yeah. <laughs> at that point, I would be like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> Which, I mean, is essentially what she does. Uh, but this poor man, I think, is just, like, infatuated with this, like, beautiful, tall woman. Mm-hmm. And this town, and this town that, you know, he comes from like a big city or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my old neighbors would have never done something like this for me. And Lorelai's like, please don't ever ask me to do this again. You like, never, ever agree to something like that. Because these type not... of people, you can tell in a second. Yes. You ask them what you yes. do something for them. They'll 
keep on asking and each time it will be bigger yep completely especially like you just met the guy yeah (laughs) and he just met you and he wants you to water his lawn Mm -hmm. no thank you sir thankfully nowadays you can hire people to do that for you but whatever so she comes back rory's like outside like where have you been And she grabs Rory's head and she says, look forward. Don't make any eye contact with anyone. We're never talking to anyone again. And shoves her through the door. So now on top of work and this auction and these other things that she has to do, she needs to water Dwight's lawn twice a day for 15 minutes. (laughs) It's funny because it doesn't seem like that big of a commitment. But, you know, he says he just got it installed or however you would phrase that, mm-hmm. put in. If that goes wrong, he's going to know she didn't do it. Yeah. And she's like, well, I can't afford to ruin his lawn. Yeah, so, I need to do it in the morning yeah. and in the evening. Yeah. It's like, Both why? those times suck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, what is morning for Lorelai? Yeah. Like, it's not 6 a.m., clearly. I don't know. But... Well, it has to be 6 a.m. if they're at the diner at 7. Right. Yeah. They almost have to stop on their way to the diner. Mm-hmm. Do it. Can they go to the diner, eat, and then come back and shut it off? Probably like, not in 15 minutes. Well, we see how it goes right. later on with that. Exactly. <laughs> now we are with Michelle and Lorelai. They are at the auction. And they are really focusing on... Well, I should say Michelle is really focusing on what is up while Lorelai peruses the catalog and basically calls everything crap. Emily approaches them and she's like, Lorelai, you didn't see me waving earlier? And Lorelai's like, yeah, of course I did. And she's like, you didn't wave back. She goes, you have to be careful about waving at an auction mom. When you waved at me, you bought a motorcycle with a sidecar. She's like, no, I didn't. She's like, are you going to be sitting in the sidecar or are you going to be driving the motorcycle? A woman comes up to them she has an accent like a is it british kind of is Did it, you no up? it's british i looked her up because okay. i really like this woman yeah i think she's like really pretty yeah i do too and cool but she her name is judy geeson okay and she had a very significant film career in the 1960s and 70s interesting mm-hmm. what was she in in the to sir with love okay um that's I think that's like her biggest known. Okay. A lot of movies that I don't I mean I, I really don't I didn't watch a lot of nineteen sixties and seventies movie. I'm not like a criteria criterion girl. Right. Yeah. Um, not yet anyways. Um but yeah, she had a big career. Interesting. She's been in a ton. Because I don't think but we so see she's her. from London. She's from London. She's from London, okay. She started off as um she did ballet. Oh wow. But okay. something to do with Getting headaches during it, so she can do it. <laughs> I just briefly, briefly read that. That was the synopsis yeah. of her life. She yeah. did ballet. She got headaches, headaches, so then she became a act- staple actress yeah. of the 1960s. It, it said that she was always interested in acting. So interesting. Super. Okay. She was super cute when she was young too. Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. She comes up and basically calls. Well, she calls Emily a cobra. And says she knows how to squeeze things out of people and that the auctioneer guy decided he wasn't feeling well. And Emily basically harassed him into agreeing to come anyway. And, uh, you know, Lorelai, I think, is a little impressed with that. 
but maybe also is like, mm, maybe that's where I get it. Because mm-hmm. she's very much the same way. Mm-hmm. And she knows how to get things. She might be a little less tactful than Emily is, but they both know how to get things done if they need things done. They know how to work people. Right. Yes. And at that point, Emily says, well, come find me before you leave. Lorelai sits back down and she tells Michelle that she wants to hold the paddle. And he's currently bidding on an item and says, no, you're ruining my concentration. Go away. So she decides, all right, I'm going to go get a glass of wine. So she goes to the bar and lo and behold, a young John Hamm is standing at the bar. He orders a Merlot and Lorelai says she will also have one. But the bartender only has enough for one glass. So they start to auction for it. John Hamm's character decides, well, we'll just split it between the two of us. And he looks so great mm-hmm. and so young and cute. And I love John Hamm. He's questionable. I'm not going to maybe <laughs> I shouldn't say I love him. I know I what you mean. adore him. It's just hard because he's man, got a he's, bad pass, though, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. He's done some things. Uh, when I was in New York, I went to go see the filming of the Today Show, and he was there mm-hmm. outside. And, like, I don't want to brag or anything, but we definitely made eye contact. <laughs> 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 and I have a picture. I'll put it on our Instagram where I swear he is looking, like, right at me. You showed me it. It does look like he's looking. I know. And I'm like... It's okay. Like, Bryn and I were already dating then, so I was like, sorry, John Hamm, I'm taken. <laughs> and you were married at the time to your first wife. His and, first one, yeah. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I would have been the age of his new wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you told me something about John Hamm the other day. And we kind of, like, d- dove down a rabbit hole yep. of his past, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh... This isn't looking good the mm-hmm. further we dive. So I was like, maybe we should just stop here. The thing that, not to get explicit on this podcast, is I'm not going to, because maybe some people already know. Yeah. But you told me something about him that I did not know. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, if you are on TikTok, which I'm sure a lot of you are, there is like this joke that men only wear gray sweatpants when they want to show off their genitalia. I'll put it that way. For lack of not being... I don't want to be crass. Even though we've been crass in the past. But... Genitalia. I know. Gross. gross. Sorry. And, uh, well, should I say manhood? Is that uh, better? I don't know. I don't think I... Let's just move past it. And uh, rumor has it... And it's not even a rumor. If you look up pictures of this actor... You will see that he was, he is very well endowed in that area. And he gets rather defensive about all of the photos of it. But then it's like, you married a a 25 year old. So I'm not gonna. He's wearing the tightest pants. Yeah. I was looking at that at work. I had to like look behind (laughs) me and make sure no one was behind me. Were you at work when we were talking about it? Yes. Oh, And I was like, I have to check this out. And I'm like zooming in. Yeah. It's yeah. All you have to do is Google it, and it'll come up. It's, uh... Everything's coming up, John Ham. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, at that point, 
they kind of part ways and he's the bartender's like oh what do you know i found another bottle and lorelei's like no it was definitely better this way so she fell for it yeah she saw in the dress pants she was like (laughs) "Mm, this is gonna be worth splitting the glass of wine sorry we shouldn't be objectifying no no but we're not it's just i'm just sharing facts yeah everyone i had no idea I literally... That's, like, a thing. He's talked about it on talk shows, I think. Okay. Where they've asked... I actually think it might have been Conan. Because oh, who else would of course. ask about that? Of Conan. Did you see the clip of Conan on his podcast? He had to do an ad read for a bidet. And he was like, why am I here? <laughs> I went to college. I have my master's. I wrote a thesis. And now I'm sitting here selling bidets. <laughs> He does the best ads, though. Uh, yeah, They're I need so to listen funny. to his podcast. I see clips for it all the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. So now Lorelai thinks that she has found something very special at this antique auction that she can't bid on, but she wants to find anyway. In Lorelai's desperation to find John Ham, she is calling the auctioneer's house and says she needs information on paddle number 17 because they went to high school together and they reconnected and they're like well you don't have his name and she's like i only know him by his nickname in high school we called him shamu which i'm like okay well at least this at least this writer knows that they make fat jokes Mm -hmm. so that's you know we're covering all the bases here and says that they tore a lottery ticket in half and She's like, at one, it's 14 million, so we need the other half so we can claim the money. And his blood type is O negative, and her blood type is O negative. And the whole time this is happening, we're getting Rory's like subtle reactions to her mother's desperation throughout the phone call, which is an interesting directional choice, mm-hmm. but not something I feel is entirely necessary. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like the cutting between the phone call and Rory like laughing and reacting. I guess it's not necessary, but I, yeah, I I think it's it's cute to do it one time, like so we know she's listening. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it needs to be something that is focused on. Like it kind of takes you out of the phone call for a minute. Yep. And kind of you're like, oh, yeah, okay, hold on a second. And that's probably me just, like, overthinking the directing. But I'm also looking at this, like, why are we making that choice? <laughs> like, what is it adding to the scene to have her reactions? Like, she could come out at the end of the phone call and be like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And that would have been enough for me to realize, oh, yeah, she's listening in to the conversation. Mm-hmm. But... Whatever. I mean, it would have worked even if we didn't see her do it once and she just came out. Right. It almost might have been funnier. Yeah, I think so, too, because it's like we don't realize that she's there listening to the phone call we're the more, entire time. We're more like feel like we're Lorelai in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen it more through Lorelai's perspective and mm-hmm. felt like that secondhand embarrassment when Rory comes out of her room to be like oh you probably heard all of that didn't Mm -hmm. you kind of thing yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh at the end of the phone call 
Rory's like, you know who would have that information? Grandma. She's like, no, nah, she only knows all the biddies. She doesn't know all the young people. And she's like, I'm pretty sure grandma could get you that information if she wanted to. And Lorelai tries to convince Rory to ask for it. And Rory's like, I'm not going to ask for information on a man I've never met at an event I didn't even attend. And Lorelai's like, you're mean. And that's kind of where it ends. So I'm not sure, like, if Lorelai was seriously suggesting that Rory ask about it. But part of me is like she probably was because the last thing Lorelai wants to do is ask her mother for any kind of help, Mm -hmm. especially if it's to get a man's phone number, because that's going to like escalate things to a whole nother level. But I do think if this is something Lorelai wants, she knows how to go about it and get it. And she just needs to do it. Yeah. I just don't know why she just didn't go and talk to him, though, more. Like, right after. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Like, that room looked really small. hmm So you can't tell me that, like, he was, like, you know, 400 feet away or something like that. Like, that room was tiny. Yeah, like, go bump, try to bump into him again. Yeah. And then strike up a conversation so you know. Or go stand next to him and, like, make comments on the items or whatever. Yeah. Like. She's charming enough and cute enough that, like, she can make it work, but she's not making it work. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe Maybe she was just intimidated. Maybe that, and Mm -hmm. she didn't want to do that in front of her mom. Yeah. And that kind of thing. I don't know. But, yeah, it's weird. Sometimes her, like, confidence is shaky Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Like, a not 100% believable way. Because then she has confidence in situations where I'm like, what are you doing? Or maybe she thought, yeah, or maybe she thought he was going to, like, come to her. Maybe. I could see that. And she's like, I'm just going to wait it out. Yeah. But then he didn't. And now she's Because he's John Desperate. Hamm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to go to women. No. No, he does not. We are back with Friday night dinner, and it's been a while since we've seen Richard, but they're all sitting around eating pork, and suddenly Rory decides to bring up the auction and says, oh yeah, mom said there were a lot of really nice things at the auction, and Emily's like, yeah, it was a really nice occasion, and there were some really great things there, and Rory kind of transitions the conversation into... Well, I think there was like some something nice there that my mom didn't get. And <laughs> Lorelai is like, please don't do this. <laughs> Emily's like, oh, what is it? Because I can I can look into it for you. She's like a trunk. Yeah, she <laughs> said, oh, it's a steamer trunk for Rory to take with her to military school. And Emily's like, oh, I don't remember seeing anything about that. But let me <laughs> look it up. Rory's like, OK, like ask her about it and she's like well you know it was really nice there were like a you know a lot of younger people there and Emily's like yeah and like keeps eating her food and she's like and like there was a younger guy there that I was kind of talking to and he was was young young. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he was number 17 and he liked Merlot. And Emily goes, are you talking about Peyton Sanders? And Lorelai's like, I don't know. I don't know if his name is Peyton Sanders. Why? What, what about this Peyton Sanders? She's like, well, I don't know. I can. She asked if she could get his number. And Emily's like, well, well, well. Lorelai's asking me for a man's number. And Richard's like, I heard. (laughs) She's like, it's not a big deal, mom. And Emily goes, of course not. I don't even have his number, but I could get it for you. And Lorelai's like, sure, if you want to. And she's like, yeah, I can do that. And Lorelai looks at Rory and says, I wasn't kidding about military school. I do want to mention the funny, like, dialogue that Richard has with Emily about going to these auctions where he's like, yes, another 100 year old chair that we can't sit in. I know. Let's put it next to the 200 year old footstool. We can't put a foot on. And he's like, I just love standing in the corner, staring at all this furniture. We can't sit in. (laughs) And it's like, okay, Richard, we get it. But you also have weird things in your office. So whatever. Problems most people can't relate to. Well, yeah, exactly. So Emily is going to get the number. Lorelai is going to talk with Peyton Sanders, Mm -hmm. which that's kind of a weird name for him. He doesn't look like like a Peyton. Peyton? I don't know. I only know him as Don and (laughs) what's his name? Oh, yeah. John. Don and John. (laughs) That's it. He's just got that that on vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, it's so funny that she can't just be like, I think he's hot. Because she's like, why are you asking? Emily's like, why are you asking me what I know about him? Right. And, and Emily she's like, knows. Yeah. Right? Like, she knows. And she's like, well, it's just because he's, and she's like, young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, why can't you just say he's hot? Right. Because it's her can, mom. Can you do that? Can are you able? Were you able to talk about Guys you had a crush on or whatever with your mom were like, he's hot. No. Really? I didn't, like, say to my mom, he's hot. When I told my mom that Bryn and I were going on a date, I was like, do you know my roommate, Bryn? And she's like, yeah. I said, we're kind of going on a date. And she was like, oh, okay. And I said, he's really nice and he's smart and I think it'll be fun. And that was, like, oh, okay. that was kind of it. I didn't really do, like, the whole looks thing it was more of like what what do we have in common kind of thing yeah yeah i'm always like i'll tell my mom if someone's a total ham sandwich a ham sandwich (laughs) i really wanted to break out that joke as in john ham yes okay i got got it okay i i was there trust me (laughs) i got it a ham sandwich uh my grandmother used to say he could put my his shoes under my bed i love your grandma she would say that about all of her doctors. <laughs> oh my god. Like Ooh. not to them. I'll be clear about that. It was always like after they left the room, she was like, he could put his shoes under my bed. <laughs> and the first time I heard that I was like, what? <laughs> and then I thought about it and I was yeah. like, got it. Okay. And if they weren't good looking, she I have would so much say storage like, under my bed, it's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> you could fit a lot of shoes under your bed. <laughs> If they weren't anything to look at, then she would say, oh, he's nothing to write home about. (laughs) Those were like the two 
phrases she mm-hmm. used most often. So, I mean, young John Ham, he could put his shoes under my bed. I'm fine with the shoes now. Yeah. I'm I'm hesitant now. And also, I I'm wonder... Not, I'm not basing it off of who he is, is as a person. Cause You're I... basing it off of the actor. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The persona, mm-hmm. not the person. Yes. Totally. Yeah, because I'm curious now. I wonder how old he is in this episode. He's because be so young. Things that happened in his life when he was in college would have been very recent. Yeah. Then, in light of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, for those of you that don't know, he basically, allegedly, I should say, set a person on fire. Mm-hmm. During, like, hazing. Yeah, in his fraternity and got away with it. Allegedly. So, he did it. Allegedly. He allegedly. <laughs> allegedly He did allegedly it. did. Did. Did it. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want John Hamm to hear this episode and sue us. You know, he's like one of those celebrities where I could see it happening. Like, what? Mm-hmm. He like <laughs> finds out about it. Yeah. Well, after, after, seeing him, after seeing him play Don Draper, I'm like, yeah, you could talk your way out of Proving that you set somebody on fire mm-hmm. completely. Oh, totally. It is now early morning. The girls are getting ready to go. And what do you know? They remember they have to water Dwight's lawn. So they go over. They start watering the plants. And there's a note there asking Lorelai to water his African violets inside. And Rory's like, we have to go inside. We have to see what this guy's house looks like. And he keeps using phrases like, your oasis, my oasis is your oasis. Yeah, he's just like, go in and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Play. I have tons of board games and cable television and... I'd be like, this man has secret cameras. Everywhere. Everywhere. And he's trying to get me in his house. Mm -hmm. And she even says as she's opening the door, if we see his dead mom in a chair, we're leaving. (laughs) So they go in and it is like full on Margaritaville inside Mm -hmm. of this home, like Tiki Bar. He has a armoire full to the brim of video of board games. And Rory's like, I don't think I've ever seen that many board games. And Lorelai says, I want you to remember that he owns Twister and then think about that once you meet him. (laughs) There's a really great visual in there. I'm like, oh, Lord. So they're kind of like looking around his house. And as they're looking through things, Peyton calls her back and says he wants to take her to Bowie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I just got back from off my jet. Yeah. The Maui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're going to go see David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And Rory's like, oh, my God, David Bowie. Like, this is so cool. That's a pretty impressive... That is an impressive date. Yeah. Because that had to have been one of the last times he toured. Mm -hmm. She's kind of being caught, swept up in, like, this life that he's giving her. Like, this peek into his life. Mm -hmm. Like, they truly haven't even been on a date yet. And she's already, like, a jet? Maui? David Bowie? Like, (laughs) calm down, girl. Just calm down. We don't we don't know this man yet. Yeah, this sounds like some dear John shit. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. So they finish watering the lawn. They're off to get breakfast. She has plans to meet with Peyton 
And that brings us now to the night of the date. Mm-hmm. Lorelai is getting ready for her date, you know, going through the outfits, asking Rory what she thinks, all of that. John Ham, or excuse me, Peyton, <laughs> drives up in this fancy car. A Jaguar, was it, I think? Something like that. Some luxury vehicle. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at the car he drove up in, blah, 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 whatever. Cut to Rory in bed. And Lorelai comes in and she's like, well, what time is it? And she's like, 10.15. And Rory's like, oh, it wasn't a good date. Because if you're home by 10.15 on a date, probably wasn't a good date. And Lorelai said, nope, he's uh, very boring. Talked about his car. And then when we got to the restaurant, he talked about wine. And she told him a story about how she got drunk on wine or something when she was like 15. And he didn't think it was funny. And Rory's like, that's one of your best stories. And she's like, yeah. So then I just stopped talking and I started wondering about Peter and what's he doing? Where is he now? Whatever. Peter was the guy that she threw up all over his car. Yeah. Yes. She's like, I can't, I can't go to Bowie with him. Like he was so boring. I can't spend any more time with him. She's like, I think I just need to go to bed and dream about Peter and hope that it will be dirty. (laughs) I love it. My question for you is, what do you think about the choice to not include the date in the episode? When I first saw it, I was disappointed. Yeah. But now I don't mind it. Yeah. How much screen time would have been wasted on just hearing him, like, talking? Mm -hmm. Like, nowadays, I feel like you could get away with doing, like, the the fade in and fade out at, like, different points of the date kind of thing. But I don't think that was common film wise at this point Mm -hmm. in television like a movie or something right if i would have saw that i might have been like whoa did they cut his scene right you know yeah but for this i feel like they didn't i don't think they needed to even have it yeah and truthfully you know i think it kind of goes to show and teaches lorelei that you can get swept up in the image of things yeah when you get down to like the surface level and deeper and there's nothing there, yeah. it's not worth your time. Mm-hmm. Like she's ready to just be like, nope, I'm not giving this guy another yeah, chance. Yeah, she's like not even going to go see Bowie for him. Right. That's how much she's like, I'm not even going to. Yeah. I think that's a that. lot. Yeah. And I think that's like a really noble thing to do. Yeah. I, I don't. I think a lot of people would have been like, well, I'm going to go see Bowie. Right. Yeah, and then we'll break it off afterwards. Yeah, you know, whatever. But no, she's like, I could not. And part oh, but of it- at the same time, I wouldn't want to like remember Bowie that way. With true, that might be bad karma. I just wouldn't want to wanna, like listen to his music and then always think of him, this guy I went on a date with. That was super boring. Yeah, maybe he would talk throughout the whole concert, and then it'd He'd be, be like, ruined you know for you. Uh, and all these facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. So it's noble of Lorelai to be like, "Mm, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So there ends up being a mix up and the inn gets Emily's lamp and Emily gets Lorelai's lamp. So they have to do like a flip flop kind of thing. Lorelai is like looking through, looking at the lamp and she picks up this bowl and she looks at Michelle and she's like, what is this? And he goes, well, that's a personal find for me. It's a, a bleeding bowl. And she's like, 
ew. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds terrible. And she goes to her mother's and they switch lamps. And Emily says, well, would you like to come in for like a cup of coffee or anything? And Lorelai's like, oh, no, I'm picking up Rory. So I don't want to leave her waiting. And she's like, Rory doesn't get out of school for a half hour. She's like, I don't know. Okay, fine. I guess I'll come in. And Emily's like, you can even set a stopwatch if you'd like. It's like, okay, Emily, we get it. She doesn't want to spend time with you. They sit down and she's like, how are things at the inn? How are you? How is Rory? How is your date? And Lorelai's like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, well, I talked to Peyton's mom and she said you had a date. And Lorelai very nicely like skirts around the fact that he's boring and that they won't be going on another date. But then Emily says, well, you'll just have to try harder next time. And she's because, like, and then she says that Peyton's mom said that he had a really good time. Yes. And told Emily that they already have like another date on mm-hmm. the books. And Lorelai explained, well, we had that date on the books first, but then we had this date and spent time together and we didn't really have anything in common. And Emily's like, well, I heard you guys went driving around afterwards. And she's like, if you mean like driving back to my house, I mean, <laughs> sure, that's driving around. And Emily's like, this is so like you. You spend five seconds with a person and decide whether or not you want to see them again. And it's so unfair. And Lorelai's like, okay, mom, well, this is my business. So why don't we just leave it be? And of course, you know, she storms off and Emily's left like, Ugh, whatever, Lorelai kind of thing. So there is a funny part, too, where Lorelai's like, oh, he's a mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And she's like, nope. So, okay, she, like, I believe Lorelai when she says that he, I don't think he had a good time. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Do you think that he actually had a good time? I kind of wonder if he's the the type of person that is very oblivious, Mm -hmm. especially if he's, like, just talking. Yeah. And he likes to talk about himself. I think if that's the implication, I think he had a great time. But if he felt like he had to fill silence the whole time and there was like an awkwardness to it, Mm -hmm. then I would say he probably didn't have a great time. Especially when like he's not getting fed because it's all about his ego and she's not feeding into it. Right. And so it that's where like if we would have seen part of the date, maybe we would be able to piece together like what we really thought. John Hamm or Peyton was feeling about the date, but because we don't see that, yeah, it's hard to say. I just can really picture it, like the two mom, like just being exactly the same thing, like his mom doing to him what yes. Lorelai's mom is doing to her. Totally, like and you have to go on a like, date and give it a try, and da 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 da. Yeah, and like telling each other to plant the seed of like they need to go out on another date and you know whatever so I yes in a sense I could totally see that but I could see him being totally oblivious too and just being like she's hot she looks good on my arm yeah you know right like somebody who cares that much about their car and their wine and like the wine crop and like whatever I just feel like maybe does not have a deeper sense of the world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For like lack of a better way of saying that. Mm -hmm. But I just think he's probably very unaware 
Oh, totally. If it's not on his radar, he doesn't think about it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. I mean, it could that's go, it could go like, either way. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think that's interesting to think about because I kind of took it as her just saying, no, it was like really bad and basically calling his mom like a liar. But Emily seems to believe that he had a great time. Yeah. And that Lorelai should have too. But the thing is, he didn't call her. Yeah, he didn't call her. She's so, like, oh, it's only, well, it was just last night, but mm-hmm. I yeah, don't know. It's interesting. I kind of wonder. Me too. Now I'm wondering. I know, I'm wondering. Because yeah. like, I kind of believe how Laura's like, Lorelai was like, I don't think he was into it either. Right. Like, I feel like he would have tried to keep the date going longer. Yeah. Had he been interested. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they just drove right back home, I think says a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of moments in this show where I'm very thankful that I'm on the lower tier of society. <laughs> because after watching Lorelai get attacked by her father, I'm like, this would never be worth it. Mm-mm. So the girls are sitting in Luke's diner and they're finishing up their meal and Dwight calls. He got Lorelai's phone number from Babette. He said that he noticed it's going to be very sunny and it would appreciate them watering the lawn three times a day for 10 minutes instead of two times a day for 15 minutes. She convinces Rory that she needs to go do it because Lorelai has to get back to the inn. At that point, her phone starts ringing again and she's like, oh my God, Dwight, you're on vacation. Call a hooker and answers the phone and it's her dad. And I correct myself. Luke is back. We do see him again. But just, like, momentarily. Yes. Yes. And he ends up pointing at Lorelai at the sign saying, Mm -hmm. get out. And Richard tells Lorelai that he is going to play golf with Peyton's father on Sunday. And he'll let her know how to fix this damage that she caused. And she's like, I just didn't go on a second date with him. Like, what kind of damage is this causing? And he goes into this whole thing about being in the DAR and when this other woman didn't follow through with something, she got served tea last and she always got it served first. And when she got served last, then your mother got tea served first and your mother doesn't want to be served last. And if my wife wants to her tea served first, she's going to get her tea first. God damn it. He didn't say God damn it. But that felt very implied. And she's like. Okay. And he's like, so I will let you know how golf goes and I'll talk to you later and hangs up. And she's like, what else could I do? Like Mm -hmm. I'm making my own choices. He was a total dud. I don't want to go on another date with him. Why is he being such a baby about this? And is it him like stirring up this drama or is he really like telling his mom it's not a big deal? Like, don't worry about it. And she's making it into a bigger deal. I could spend hours thinking about this. I know, because I could, I'm like, what, I, are, what are the logistics here? I could see him also being mad that she, like, turned him down. Totally. You know? Yeah, like, I'm not enough of a catch for you. Yeah. With my jaguar and my wine knowledge mm-hmm. and my little short brown haircut. Like, I wanted to blow you off first. Right. Yeah. It's like... Wow, 
the girl who got knocked up at 16 doesn't think I'm good enough for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that. I don't that. know. I could, I just, I could sit there but and I think But I could also it. see the mom yeah. feeling that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Over and him, him. Yeah, and, and him, him just being not like, care. whatever. This is all between the two women. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't care if you make her life a living hell. Like, it doesn't yeah. affect me whatsoever. Because yeah, I like that mom that. probably, because he's probably a total playboy. Mm, a thousand percent. And she was like, oh, I need you to, I want to have him settle down, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a responsible woman, you know. Right. And maybe he had no intention of even settling down with Lorelai either. Oh, no. But the fact <laughs> that it was Emily Gilmore's daughter, it brought like a different level of, of personal yeah to it you know like oh it's emily gilmore's daughter well we could get in with the gilmores Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure in that society too like knowing emily she probably already had a bunch of stuff picked out like for the wedding immediately (laughs) you know like i know what this is gonna be for you Mm kind of thing i mean we already know she does because she said when she was planning suki's wedding She's like, I know what your wedding would be, mm-hmm. like a Russian winter theme and, you know, whatever. Like, she's got it all planned out already. But, yeah, there's so many different ways this behind the scenes could be going that I'm like, I need something. Like, give me just a little bit of information. Like, is he just, you know, driving around in his Jaguar without a care in the world? Or is he, like, at home crying about it? He's not crying about it. Yeah. I don't think he's crying about it. If anything, he's pissed that she turned him down. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, this is a fun way of messing with her for yeah. doing that. It's either that or he just doesn't care and the mom is stirring it up. I don't yeah. know which way to lean towards. I don't either. Because, like, I could see the mom making a bigger deal out of mm-hmm. it just because I'm kind of basing her on, like, a dramatic Emily. Yep. Basically. Um, but, yeah, it could go a different way ways yeah and emily sounds like she's in a cult too (laughs) right the daughters of what is it of the american republic the Mm -hmm. dar yeah it is fully she is in a cult yep (laughs) and she is mother god (laughs) (sighs) yeah so i don't know it's it's a a wishy-washy kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I really think if we could have seen just like a glimpse of the date, we would know everything we need to know. Yeah. But because we didn't and we only get Lorelai's side and truthfully, like Lorelai is not the most reliable narrative. Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes she can be like a little overzealous. Yeah. But I think if she didn't enjoy herself, like she shouldn't go on another date. Yeah, me Like, she's an adult, and putting high society politics aside, like, dear God, people, let the woman live. Yeah, and at least we know she's not a gold digger. Right. True. Because this whole time, I wasn't sure. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Dwight has created quite the excellent scene for the episode. Rory goes over to turn on the sprinkler goes into his house and when she gets inside his phone starts ringing and we are met with drella's voice alex borstein acting as his wife basically screaming at him saying like i finally found you and i'm coming to get you and rory's like "Mm, i'm gonna go 
So she leaves and she tries to turn off the water and it's not turning off and it ends up going higher. And they like zoom out so you can see the yard and it's really not watering that much of the yard, which is kind of weird. But she starts running through the town trying to find somebody and she bumps into Jess and he's like, oh, I like the new look. It's very blue crush, whatever. And she's like, I can't get the water to shut off. She tries to reach Dean, but he didn't respond. And Jess starts running towards the yard. He's going to turn off the water. He gets it turned off. And she's like, wow, you did it. And and he's like, yeah, I was just like loose. You just had to push down and turn. And um, he's like, so everything's good. She's like, yeah, things are still good. And he's like, oh, you still like doing the Harvard thing. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, good. And I love that despite everything going on between them, he is still rooting for her to mm-hmm. like do what she wants to do. And I think that says a lot, especially considering like with Dean, they had that old that old argument where he was like, who cares about Harvard, you know, because she wouldn't spend time with him. Mm -hmm. And here Jess is not spending any time with her. And he's like, you're still doing Harvard, right? Like, that's what he cares about. Yep. And I think that speaks like the level of maturity that Jess has Mm -hmm. that we don't see with Dean. And I think that resonates with Rory a little bit in this moment. Mm -hmm. And also seeing Jess soaked. (laughs) It looks really good wet. (laughs) I don't recall watching this as a child. But if I like think back to like 12 year old me, I think I probably would have been like, drooling maybe from the corner of my mouth just like a little (laughs) bit like oh my god but yeah so dean responds to the page and says he's on his way and jess is like oh who was that and rory says oh it's dean he's on his way so jess turns the sprinklers back on (laughs) and runs off and i'm like genius now Mm -hmm. he knows If I'm going to see you, I have to set it up like I wasn't here at all. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love the scene that they're both wet. And I don't mean like anything like dirty or anything. Yeah, no, totally. I just think that it's very, for me anyways, being like wet is kind of vulnerable in a sense. Yes. Yes. This is what gives me summer vibes Mm -hmm. about this episode. Like this could have happened in the summer and been like a very like innocent exchange and i really love that like it kind of symbolizes a rebirth of like their relationship their friendship and also like when they kissed was summer yeah yep so i think there's like a lot of um symbolism in the water whether we like want to deep dive into that or not but Mm -hmm. you know like water is like rebirth and you know starting over and I think this is a really good like starting over Mm -hmm. point for them where they're like okay let's try this being friends thing let's figure it out yeah but Rory does not have a grasp on that yet yeah and she's honest with him though when right I mean, she kind of has to be because Dean's on his way. Right. And we know that that would not go well. Mm -hmm. 
But I think for her to see that he's like still rooting for her kind of reminds her, oh, yeah, like he is a good person, even though he's dating Shane. Like that aside, he is still Jess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are ending the episode on a Friday night dinner. Lorelai and Rory show up. Emily is kind of giving Lorelai the cold shoulder. And she decides she's going to go into the kitchen and talk to Emily. And she apologizes for not recognizing the situation for what it could be and what could happen with Emily's social life because Lorelai makes bad choices. And she says, if you you really want me to go on this date, I'll go on the date. And Lorelai kind of looks at her mom like you know I'm I'm doing this for you and Emily's like well you saying that really means a lot to me and she starts to walk out the room and she goes make sure that you wear Rory's sweater when you go and Lorelai's just looking so dumbfounded like I can't believe I fell for that mm-hmm. but you know what she did the same exact thing that she did with Dwight yeah. Where she was like, if you ever need help, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And she should know better. Yeah, she did not <laughs> learn her lesson. No, no. But she tells Emily, she's like, it's just as bad as the skiing trip we went on. Actually, it's worse than that. Like, we did not have a good time. But she's going to go on this date. I also liked to, it kind of. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but when Lorelai gets there and Emily hands her the wine and mm-hmm. she goes, oh, we're having wine. Mm-hmm. You usually ask me what I want to drink. Yeah. It almost feels like she got demoted. Like, you know how that lady did with the tea? Totally. Like, and you she, don't even get asked. asked. Yeah. Interesting. Because you piss me off. I mean, that is probably very well the case. Yeah. It kind of was a little play I think on that Mm -hmm. because I think Emily does think about the subtle thing like the subtle gestures and what they Mm -hmm. symbolize yeah like I could absolutely see Emily planning to do that yeah just to kind of like dig it in a little bit Mm -hmm. and give her the worst wine they have or something yeah and like make (laughs) her feelings known through the alcohol of the evening kind of thing or also to play on what they drank too Mm. very true yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She's Especially because cut- it wasn't even red wine. It was white wine. Mm-hmm. And she's probably like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give her white wine instead of red wine tonight <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Lorelai grabs the cheese plate and starts singing. Uh, Space Odyssey. Sp- thank you. I was like, what is it? Space <laughs> Odyssey. Oddity. Oddity. Thank you. As she leaves the room. And that's where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. So, let's get into our town hall. Okay. We call this town meeting to order. All right, we are in our town hall. So, let's start by touching on the writing and directing for this episode. Um, what are your, like, initial reactions? Um, now that we... Directing, I guess... I don't have any initial reactions. I feel like it was nice to travel around to a lot of different yeah. locations. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see a new house. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be in the town a lot. Mm-hmm. 
we got to be at the diner. Yeah. We hit yeah, up, we, we, were, we were at Emily's place. We were yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, that why, I mean, I don't really know if that has much to do with the directing, but I like to, you know, visually it was nice that. Yeah. Writing, I actually kind of liked now that we discussed it. I do too. I think there were a lot of really clever choices made in this episode. Mm -hmm. I like not knowing exactly, like, and being able to analyze Mm -hmm. the, like, what's going on and we don't ever see it. Yeah, it's kind of fun to speculate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't feel like we get that a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was like a fun little treat. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I would agree with the writing. I think, like, now that we kind of looked at it, from different angles. I kind of like that. We're not really sure what the whole story is. Mm -hmm. Um, Directing wise. I mean, it felt like pretty standard. My only thing was like the, the scene with Lorelai on the phone in the beginning, I felt was a little weird. Um, I loved the scene with Rory and Jess. Yeah. The sprinklers. Yeah. The sprinklers that just felt like very like, old school summer love kind of thing. Yeah, it was very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. Except for he probably should have added some more sprinklers. Yeah, right. But I will say, like, I didn't notice any inconsistencies in this episode like I did in the last episode. Um, You know, we're like the last episode, we were like, okay, this takes place over a whole day and they're wearing like 10 different outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't pick up on those things this time because the story was more interesting. Yeah. So it's like maybe there were inconsistencies and if there were, I didn't notice them. I didn't notice them either. Yeah. So I would say all in all, it was like a, a strong written and directed episode. Yeah, especially for one timers. Right. Yeah. A one and done Kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like Peyton Saunders. One and done. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, now it's two well, and done. Two and done. Yeah. So let's get into trivia. Trivia. trivia? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. I'm scared. Because I feel like you're going to like one up it every week. Some of these I did pull off of Reddit. So don't look up trivia off of Reddit ever, Amy. I don't. Okay. I don't even read Reddit. So if I have any of these answers wrong and people out there are like what that's wrong it's not always me it's just reddit i thought you were just gonna leave it at it's not and i was like wow what a (laughs) what a power move it's not (laughs) okay (laughs) trivia let it begin okay what year was lorelei born i don't know um 1975 68 68 okay what is the color of luke dane's shirt in the first time we see in the first episode the first time we see him is it the blue plaid it's blue okay it's not plaid it's just plain uh what was luke's dad's name william yes it's william's hardware yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's i was like well it can't be his last name see it's i would have first known name. that i totally would have forgot when was the date luke and lorelei set what was the date Luke and Lorelai set for their wedding, their wedding day. June 3rd. Good job. What, and this is the last question. What is Lorelai's favorite cookie? Snickerdoodle? Malamar. Malamar? That's what, what Reddit said. Okay. I don't know what that would be from. Malamar? Yeah, we'll have to look out for it. I guess. Yep. I feel like we need to make them. <laughs> 
So I know what that is, if that's her favorite. Yeah, we should make some Alamar. It sounds like like molasses or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay, interesting. All right, pop culture? Pop culture. Let's do it. Okay, you were afraid we were going to have the same one. We're not. But I don't think we will. No, I don't think. Do you want to go first I know we won't now. Yeah. Okay, all right, Uh, let's hear it. Okay. All right, so mine, I was worried I wasn't going to find one, and I almost settled on Blue Crush. I thought that's what it was going to be. I literally was like, okay, it's going to have to be Blue Crush because I totally forgot about that movie. Mm-hmm. That's that surfing movie that came out with Kate Bosworth. Yeah. Um, that was when a Jess, long time ago. Yeah, Jess tells uh, Rory that she... I thought it was clever, you know? Yeah, it's cute. Um, but actually, it is um, when... It's the last line of this show in Laura Lysa's ground control to major Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was space really oddity. Yep. I thought it was very clever. Yes. So space oddity is a song written by this English songwriter, David Bowie. It was first released on July 11th, 1969 by Phillips records as a seven inch single and is the opening track of David Bowie's second studio album entitled david bowie Ooh, self-titled yeah so space oddity is about a fictional astronaut named major tom and it was uh in subtly inspired by 2001 space odyssey got it okay. which is like very easy to like keep yeah. on saying you know yes i always want to say it too um, and it's about Bowie's feelings of alienation at that point in his career, which I think is kind of interesting. That is interesting. And then BBC uh, bri- um, briefly banned the song because this what? came out July 11th and July 15th was the moon. Interesting. The moon landing. Yep. Weird. Yep, they thought it was too ominous. The lyrics are too ominous. And they were just like, they wanted to make sure that Apollo 11 got to the moon. They got there and everything went okay. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Oh, and and it was like one of them. It's um, David Bowie's first hit. Yeah, I do love that song. It's great. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And I thought it was really cool that that was the last line of this yeah. show. Yeah. Because, you know, I think <laughs> there is something rather ominous about Lorelai's relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. That right. is really clever. Yeah. Ground control to Major Tom. It's like yeah. so perfect. Yeah. 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 I love that. But it was going to be Blue Crush. I'm, I'm, but I was like, I didn't, I thought it was kind of lame that I had to like, I didn't want to do Blue Crush. So I'm glad that came up. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I want to hear yours. Okay. So mine was kind of a throwaway reference. So when Lorelai is talking to Richard about golfing, Mm -hmm. she says, maybe you guys should be more concerned with chicks getting into the Augusta Uh golf club. So this is a reference to the Augusta golf club, which is where it's the national golf club, which is where they host the masters each year. And they actually did not admit women members until the early 2000s. And truly now, I don't think there are many female members. So it was founded in 1932. And it was, it looks like the first Masters was held there in 1934. So the Masters, for those of you that do not know, is like a major golf tournament, like 
major golf tournament. I would know nothing about golf if I wasn't a nanny to a golfer. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, this is like, woo. Yeah. So Dwight D. Eisenhower was a member there. Um, they have like 300 members. In 2004, the current membership was believed to cost between 100000 to $300,000 for annual dues. Mm-hmm. So that's every year. Um, which is crazy. The club members are referred to as green jackets because they get jackets when they are inducted into the club. And they finally um, opened up their membership to African-Americans because for decades, the co-founder said, as long as I'm alive, all the golfers will be white and all the caddies will be black. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a very um, interesting situation. So they actually did not invite. So it's a cult. I mean, mm, yeah, you could say that. Um, they did not want to speak on their refusal to admit women and claimed that there are plenty of clubs in the United States that don't have women like Girl Scouts. Literally used Girl Scouts as an example. <laughs> For why they didn't have to invite women. Because Girl Scouts existed. We don't want to come. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So in 2012, they admitted its first two female members. One, which was Condoleezza Rice. And the second was Darla Moore. Both like very... um, They're going to get shut down. Republican women. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the people that are members are like... Warren Buffett or Peter Coors, the guy who owns Coors, Bill Gates, like a lot of men with money, Peyton Manning. Okay. Um, <laughs> just like a lot of these people where you're like, oh yeah, that's somebody I probably wouldn't want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Arnold Palmer was a member there. A lot of like, um, just a lot of people that are not like super great. So at this point now, they are, they have some women members. You can actually look up a list of all of their members if you're curious, but you, I don't think you need to personally. (laughs) But yeah, so before 1983, the staff caddies were all assigned to the players and they were all African American. Nowadays, that is not the case. Um, They didn't allow female caddies until 1983, and it was simply just a female caddy was the daughter carrying the bag for her father. That was like an exception that they made. So basically, this is all just like, yeah, a stupid gender construct, whatever. So now, like when my boss tells me he's watching the Masters, I'm going to be like, oh, you mean that like super racist and like gender conservative event where men just like jack each other off and talk about golf cool oh my worst nightmare yeah so um that's what that is (laughs) (laughs) nice because i was like you know what i don't know anything about this like i know what the masters is but i was like oh that's actually really disgusting that's crazy isn't it Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. Speaking of which, I have a quick question because I, when I was on Reddit, yeah, um, looking up trivia or something, 
And someone had like a trivia question about where Richard and Emily first met. Yeah. Yale, whatever. Yeah. And someone was like, well, Yale wasn't co-ed until 1969. And they would have, and they met in 63 or 64 or something oh. like that. Interesting. That's but probably just in, maybe it was in, a mixer or something. Could I would be but something we should look out for because I don't yeah. know if they ever specified that Richard and Emily had classes or something together. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, that's something maybe that will be revealed too when they go to the big Yale and mm-hmm. Harvard game. Maybe yeah. that's something we'll hear about then mm-hmm. because he would have been dating Penelin Lott too. He was engaged, wasn't right. he? Yeah. yeah, so it's like. Okay, well, if she couldn't be at Yale either, how did you meet her? Unless it was like co-ed mixers, like dances and stuff that they used to do Mm -hmm. back then. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where we lead, you can follow us at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore on all major social media platforms linked in the description below. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week for season three, episode six. Take the deviled eggs. And remember, life's short. Talk fast. Bye. Bye. Two, three. We're the Lala's. Just kidding.